Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome into episode 150 today with writer, founder of Serenity and Health Ministry, and medical doctor Donna Chaco. I liked so many things about this conversation with Donna, but I think what I liked the most was her ability to look back over previous seasons of her life and say, yeah, I got some of that wrong, but that doesn't mean I can't make some changes and live a more abundant life in the season I'm in now. Regret can keep us stuck, but today is always the right day to make a positive change. And our verse this week is 1 Corinthians 6.20. Hear it in the voice. You have been purchased at a great price. So use your body to bring glory to God. We're going to be talking about physical health today, but I'd like to suggest that bringing God glory with our bodies invites us to consider more than just physical health. It's about our mental health. It's about our emotional health. It's about our spiritual health. In whatever way God might invite you to improve your health, I hope you'll hear loving support here. You are completely loved exactly where you are, exactly as you are. And I think the more we know that is true, the more likely we are to continue to grow and change and improve. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome into this podcast episode where we take it in and live it out. Today is a live it out day, and my guest is Dr. Donna Chaco. Donna, welcome to the Steady On community. Oh, thank you, Angie. I'm very, very happy to be here with you today. Me too. Thank you. Yes, we're going to talk about something that is kind of fascinating to me. I am like a a very like non-sciencey person. We laugh in our household, Donna, that we are like, we don't understand STEM people because we just like, we're not, we're not a science technology really kind of family. Although I do think my younger child, who's uh, 12, almost 13 right now, he has more of a science edge than any of us, if you will. But um, I'm completely uneducated for the most part when it comes to things of like science and medicine and and the body. And I'm very fascinated to have this conversation with you today as we um, listen to your perspective and your education around how our body and our physical health and our faith relationship is linked. Is that a, is that a good way to to say that? That's how I look at it. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so your ministry is Serenity and Health, and it promotes the health of body, mind, and spirit on a foundation of faith. And so I just wonder, will you talk to us for a few minutes about how you feel our faith relationship affects our physical health? Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, it It's fair to tell you all, though, that that's exactly not how I thought for many years. I practiced medicine for decades. And uh you know, I, I was brought up in faith and a religion, went to Catholic school, in fact, but 
uh, with the business of my career and family, I sort of let my faith go off, fall off the bottom of the list, you know. Uh, But through my own life experiences, through struggling with a very difficult marriage and family issues, and then working in um, a different environment with uh, homeless people and new immigrants in in a poverty setting, and then uh, going going through stuff, as everybody does, right? But particularly in my uh, marriage, um, turning back to God and then having basically from that point on uh, a much deepened faith and, and gradual ability to know God and trust God. So all of that together uh, led me and eventually throwing in some psychotherapy, which I really needed uh, to this understanding about health and just this realization that how I looked at it for years was awfully narrow. You know, people suffer if they're in crummy, crummy relationships or if they're really stressed or if they're, they, they can't get along with their boss. Um, and uh, they suffer if they're out of balance with work and life or, you know, with um, stuff in the head anger and resentment and just perfectionism, all these things we, you know, we struggle with all of those things together, take away uh, and interfere with having abundant health. So as my journey um, progressed, and then when I retired from medicine is when all these things sort of fell together. And I started to think of it in a more organized way. And I just realized, my goodness gracious, that, that, my faith and for people who are blessed to have faith, it is such a wonderful foundation for health in, in many ways. So to specifically answer your question, just a a brief little list, just think about, for example, how an absolute trust in Jesus, is just about the best stress buster you could have. And stress causes so much ill health. So that's one thing, but then the whole practice of our faith, the fact that, um, we, we are called upon in my view, uh, as stewards of our body of this incredible gift of our health, you know, to care for it. And, um, that involves being honest with ourselves about our habits, you know, and we can get back to that, but health habits, lifestyle, And then there's a whole arena of um, participating in a a church community and having that intimate connection, you know, that meaning, that purpose, uh, a place to to serve others, to an inclusive place, hopefully, uh, where we can embrace each other in in a broader love. And in that practice, we have guidelines, we have... um, rituals or liturgy, depending on our faith, we have tools to help us and people to help us. And all of those things uh, just tremendously contribute to something called resilience. And the more resilient we are, the more we kind of go with the flow, so to speak, the healthier we are. And of course, we feel better. So I I just think, um, you know, God wants us to, to, be healthy. He wants us to have this abundant health of body, mind, and spirit. 
Yes. Thank you for unpacking that for a few minutes. It made me think I have a couple of follow-up questions to ask you about that. But before I do that, I just was thinking about my own life as you were talking and I share pieces of this all the time. 12 years ago, I was in a head-on car crash and I was very seriously injured and I had a long physical therapy process afterward as I was healing. And it's really interesting because I was not a person really who ever had a regular exercise routine at that point. I was 35 when I was in the car crash and I had uh, just had my second child and I was probably minimally concerned about what I ate, not like terrible, but you know, I just didn't really have, but after the crash and I went through all of that physical therapy and then I needed continued, I worked with a personal trainer for a while to continue to try to gain strength. And it created in me some habits that I've kept about regular exercise and about my nutrition and about staying at a healthy weight. And it's just so interesting because I've thought about the car crash in so many ways. I would not have, it would took me a long time to see what a gift actually that was in my life emotionally, because it put me on a healing and emotional healing journey with some things Mm -hmm. the Lord was inviting me to do. But as I'm listening to you talk, I thought I really have not seriously considered the way that it also impacted me very profoundly and the way that I care for my physical body as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, and, and, ha- and the changes that that has made. And I think just the abundance of positive changes that's made right. because I've had an increased focus on taking care of myself physically as well. Yes. Oh, that's a great story. I mean, it would be ideal if we would, all of us, just embrace these habits with no crisis. Right. I recommend that. <laughs> yes, I recommend that too. That's one of the reasons I, I do this, but yeah, this human nature being yeah. what it was. And I'm one There's of those time things, later. There's time know, later. I, yeah. I'm one of those people. I, I have always been pretty healthy, but I, I didn't get serious. I didn't get really serious about an exercise program until I had major difficulties walking. And this is, this is not when I was young no. and ended up, uh, with surgery and, you know, then osteoporosis and finally, finally. So now for like, I don't know how many years I, I, I am religious. I will say yes. about, about this because I know that I want to be able to walk. I want to be able to do things, not just for my personal pleasure and satisfaction and family, but, uh, that's how we serve our sure. Lord. And he wants us to, to have our bodies as good as can be. Right. right. And, uh, but I know it's it's not easy to do these things. And that one of the most consistent um, revelations I've had for myself and with different people I've worked with in some of the programs is this whole problem of our brains and our minds and all the stuff that goes on all the time. And the, you know, the worrying and the anxiety and the judgment, especially now in the, these times, the judgments. And um, how that just sucks, you know, happy, healthy living from us all. And um, how we can use our faith. This is one of the coolest parts of my journey. How our spiritual practices, which we undertake to be close to our Lord, right? We don't undertake our prayers, for example, so we can be more healthy. But I think our loving God gives us that bonus because um, let me be specific. I started a prayer practice called Centering Prayer a number of years ago. It's a Christian meditative prayer. 
I can, I can give you a link, Angie. Yes. I'd love that. And it's based on Christian tradition over, you know, the centuries. It's nothing new. It just has a name and a description of how you do it. And it's basically a quiet, meditative, receptive prayer that doesn't have words and doesn't have thoughts. And you're just sitting to enjoy the, the presence and action of your Lord, of our God, period, full stop. Well, that was so absolutely foreign to me. I never heard of a prayer like that. And not only had I never heard of it, it sounded impossible because how is somebody, how are you just going to sit there and not do anything? I have to be doing stuff, right? And, but, you know, there's been tons of research done on meditation and long-term benefits in terms of quieting the mind, making it uh, more open to listening, making stress less, making blood pressure lower and things like that. So I, I, I was just, when I researched as I was setting up Serenity and Health, I was just deeply, deeply intrigued by all that science and yeah. how God must be just looking down at us and say, well, you know, that's the bonus. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I appreciate that so much. I'm wondering just kind of another follow-up question. If, if you're not, you're, cause you're not practicing medicine right now. Right. Correct. Right. What do you think? And I know you can't know because we don't, we don't know we are where we are, but how, how do you feel that knowing this, what you really feel about this relationship between our faith and our physical health, how might that have changed your approach maybe in your earlier years when you were practicing yeah. medicine full-time? Would you mind to speak to that for a minute? Oh, no, that's a great question. Well, the biggest change would be is I would be a better listener. Oh. Because this whole business of uh, prayer and listening and my whole journey, I, just, I mean, I realized it's being up in my head and planning and controlling. I wasn't a good listener, even you know, with my family, my children, or as a doctor, I don't think. So... And that, that, so that would be the first thing. And the second thing is I would just be open to asking questions about faith in God. And, and if for the many people that do have an act of faith to, to lead them in the direction of, um, I mean, thinking about this, this gift we have of our bodies and our health and the, uh, what we can do to make them healthier. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you answering that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the, the, what you believe about abundant health and, um, a deep and trusting relationship with God. What, how are those two things linked maybe for you? Well, the fascinating thing is that since the body and the mind and the spirit are all linked, we're one person, we have three parts, right? Um, uh, our, efforts to be more healthy, uh, no matter what they are, will help in all three of those spheres. So uh, that's why it's nice for each of us. We can kind of do what we're called to do first for what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, if you start an exercise program and start walking, especially if you walk in nature, if you have that, that opportunity, you know, you're going to have all the physical benefits of exercise, uh, especially if you walk without headphones, you're going to have some peace. Uh, you're going to have some time for reflection. And there's, there's a lot of literature about 
uh, mental health advantages from exercise. And, you know, when we start to feel better and our brain slows down a little bit better, we have some clarity. We might have less depression. We might find just a little bit of hope that might lead us to think about our life. Are we working too hard? Are we ignoring relationships? Do we watch TV for way too long every evening and, and not exercise or do anything? And so it's just the do we pay attention to our God? Do we give God time in our life? Uh, I mean, I did, I, I didn't for a long time, but that was a big part of my problem. I didn't, I just worked and took care of my family and was on this treadmill and didn't have time to think or reflect. But if you, if you, if you go in that direction and take some time and turn to God and, and embrace this whole gift of our, our, body, mind, and spirit as one, and just start taking any intentional step in a better direction in any of these various things I mentioned, I think that's how we will aim toward abundant health. But I want to mention one thing, Angie, I think it's really, really important. This is not like the prosperity gospel. This is not Dr. Donna saying, you do this right in your spiritual journey, and you pray this way and you do this kind of service that you're going to be healthy. Uh, it's not like that. Uh, we're all going to die. There's illnesses, there's accidents, as you just described, but I can, I think it's fair enough to say that I can guarantee if you, if you trust your God, no matter what ill health or accidents you're going through, you will suffer less because you're not going to be necessarily as angry or desperate or worried you you have somewhere to go with those those concerns you have somewhere to go with those concerns that's beautiful that is a good word right there and i would add we have some when we have somewhere to go with the concerns that we have for other people in our life too right that we can help them on whatever journey they're on but then also our physical health so many times i have in my pastoral ministry experience i have watched a caregiver if you will develop physical health issues because uh, at least in part to do with the stress of mm -hmm. what they're experiencing in their work that they're helping the other person, but also kind of not having that place to go with how they're feeling and they're reacting mm -hmm. to whatever their loved one is going through. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, why do you believe we have more power over our health maybe than our doctors do. I think that's one of the things that I've, that I've read that you've written or something similar to that. And how, how do you feel like we might be surrendering or handing over power uh, to our doctors? How do we, how do we sort of reclaim or maybe advocate for ourselves or uh, do it, do more of these practices and incorporate that, talk to that, talk about that with our doctor? What would you suggest about some of those things? Yeah, I, I believe that 100%. We have way more power over our health than our doctor does. Now, that's not to say that modern medicine doesn't cure terrible diseases and relieve so much suffering, and we need, we need it, and we embrace it, and we're grateful for it. But um, when you realize that a good 70% of all chronic illness can be cured or improved by changes in lifestyle, that, Wait a second. That, Say that again. Seventy percent of all chronic disease in the United States can be cured or improved with lifestyle changes. That's huge. It's dramatic. Yeah. That means how we eat, 
exercise, screen time, stress reduction, and not smoking and, and dealing with addiction, of course. But, uh, so in my experience, because I do the same thing, we all do it. You have a problem and you want an answer and you want a solution and you want somebody to tell you what to do. And, uh, you know, changing how you eat or exercise might solve the problem, but it might take two or three years. You know, we don't like long range stuff. We want it clear. We want it now. We would like a specific diagnosis and then something to do. And I think that's why we yearn for treatments or an injection, or we need to get that CAT scan. We need to figure out exactly what this is. We need to, and, you know, and after that, maybe then maybe I'll have to go to physical therapy or something. But in the meanwhile, I think I, I won't do anything. And there's not that many ailments, for example, that preclude a gentle walking program. So no matter what is bothering us, now is the time to, to uh, address this. So if you've got any problem, the first thing you do is say, well, what, I, what can I possibly do that might help this be better? And, um, you know, we don't eat well. People don't eat enough vegetables and fruit. I mean, to set a goal of eating uh, fruits and vegetables at least six times a day is a, a minimal thing, but it's not easy to do. I challenge anybody listening, if you start counting, like how many times, a, what, how many servings today of a fruit or vegetable did you eat? I don't know what time, where you are, what time zone, but it, it's just easy to get to dinner time and maybe have one thing, like a, if you had a banana or orange with breakfast or something, anyway, or exercise. So that's why I say that about power. Yeah. I, I think I wrote these things down. You talked about this is, these are the things in our control, right? Our eating, our exercise, our stress level, our screen time, and then things that we're addicted to. It was, did I miss anything? I think those are the things I mentioned. Yes. Yeah. I think that yes. I wrote those down because that's very powerful. I mean, the, even those words, like this is all in my control, I get to decide what I, for the most part, for most right. of us, right? We get to decide right. what we eat. We get to decide how much time we spend on screens. We do, we might not be able to decide or control all the stress that comes into our life, but certainly we can develop skills around managing that stress or how we deal right. with that stress, right? Yeah. Right. And um, right. yeah, that's really powerful. One other thing I guess you could add to the list that goes with the stress is just um, being honest about difficult relationships you're in dealing with your emotional health so that you can be honest and brave enough to set boundaries or not be in relationship or, you know, get uh, counseling if you need it, because yes. one way to suffer a lot is to, uh, I can vouch for this personally is to be in a very difficult relationship for a long time. It just sucks the life out of you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a good word too. Talk to us a little bit about that now that we're on that sort of stress and boundaries and difficult relationships. Um, what, how do we recognize the losses that working too hard and tying our self-worth to our work? Um, I know that that was a process for you too. You said about in that time in your life, I worked mm -hmm. and I took care of my family. I think when we do that, cause I, I, I know I do that too. And I have seasons where I, I talk about my workload or my calendar, very similar to like my, uh, like my portions that I'm eating. I like relate like uh, over time, my portions get too big and then I can't <laughs> fit into my schedule pants, you know, sort of the thing that I like, you know, and I'm like, I just noticed that over time 
I sort of do more of that. And then I have to go on this, what I call schedule diet. Like I actually really talk about that. And then I'm like, okay, you've got to cut some things back. But I think when I'm doing that, when I'm in that process of like increasing my portions, if you will, I think about what I'm could gain if I added this. I think about what I could achieve if I took this on or whatever the case. I don't think as much about what I lose if I say yes to something. And I think that's something that you've done a lot of work in yourself around. Would you talk to us about that for a minute? Yes, I would. Well, I, I failed at that from way, way, way too, too long, Angie. I mean, when I was uh, working full time as a physician and raising kids and, and dealing with a difficult marriage, I had no real understanding of my drive to work, my need to work, why that was part of the problem. And, you know, that my inability to somehow change would have been a big change, but I I had, I could have, right. To uh, say that was a problem. I need somehow to figure out time to have a little time for myself. And, and, and I didn't. So really, truly, I failed to understand that until quite a number of years later. And it, it was um, when I was writing my book, trying to, to understand myself and my motivations well enough to write them down and, and going and starting psychotherapy. I, I never wanted to go to psychotherapy. Why, why uncover problems? I used to tell myself that. Can you believe I have enough problems I know about, right? I don't, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. don't want to find more that exactly. I don't know about. <laughs> but so, uh, so I can't tell you or your listeners how I solved the problem back then, but, but what helped me is recognizing it. Now I understand that I was raised with this drive to be productive, to work and to not waste time. And that drive controls me still. Uh, it takes a lot of effort for me to, um, to, to, to just do nothing. <laughs> you know, that's, that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? No, not to and, me. I struggle with it too. I, and, yeah. And even my know, doing nothing needs to be for something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah I and, get it. And you, you have the same um, problem that I have in that we were doing something good. We were being, we were, we were rewarded. I was rewarded. You are rewarded for the good you do. And so that, that further blinds you to what you're doing. And so I, I look back, I go, how could I figure that out? The only way that I could have possibly had more insights about that, about that, about my role in our marriage or any of that was if I had given myself and God some time. And I did not do that for way too long. I think that is absolutely the key. But to, so maybe I would have had some awareness. But now I have the awareness, which doesn't solve the problem, but it does because I'm retired. Right? It's kind of a laugh that I have this problem, but I do. And I, I realized it so clearly when I uh, started uh, what I mentioned before, centering prayer, which is this meditative prayer practice. And you, I start off with just a couple of minutes and gradually built up so that I do it 20 minutes, usually twice a day. Well, in the beginning, um, I was, it just seemed like such a waste of time that I was going to have to sit there for two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and like not do anything, you know, 
work or on my list. Anyway, so but I, I so this is a way of learning and conditioning and trusting God with that time, just trusting his will, his way. It's not mine. So I if I can give him 20 minutes and trust him with 20 minutes, if that's all I can muster for that day, that's that's a okay. I'm sure that makes him really happy. And and I think it's slowly um changing the way my outlook, you know, how I see things, broadening my perspective, opening my heart up. Yeah. And it's a practice in maybe listening. Also, you mentioned that earlier, right? About listening to your patients, but also are we listening to God and what he's, you know, in that quiet whisper of just, even if it's, I love you, I, you know, I just love you, whatever's going on in this day, I love you. Or is it his direction or is it just his correction? But if we're, if we're constantly busy and if we're constantly the one in our time with God, that we're the one doing the talking, then how are we listening to what he very much wants to communicate with us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word, Donna. Thank you. Well, as you do this work, I'm wondering, do you have a verse or a passage of scripture, anything like that, that's particularly meaningful to you as you remember, as you continually to hear that call to slow and focus and listen and make this connection between your physical health and your faith journey? Yes. Yes, I do. And the first one's very relevant to what we're just saying from Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Amen. And it sounds so simple, but it's so powerful. Because when you were in your head, when we're up there, busy, busy, busy in our head, we're far from, we're far from the present moment where we can find God, you know, where we can listen to God, listen to ourselves, listen to others. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the other one is from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? I mean, if our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, I think think we have a responsibility as uh, Christians to take care of that temple as best we can. Yeah, yeah. Recognizing all the challenges and how difficult it is. Right. Starting with a little step and just do something. <laughs> yeah. Because as you said, we are mortal. Our bodies will fail us, right? It's here. We're, we're such temporary creatures and our bodies are fragile, even though they're strong. Like all of that is true, but are, are we, and you said it so well earlier in this conversation, are we doing what we can controlling the things we can to make sure that while we're here, while we're in this body, we are taking as good of care of it as we can so that it can do all the good that it can for the time Mm -hmm. that we're here. Yeah. I love the Mm -hmm. way you put that. Yeah. That's really good. Um, Hey, I, this has been fantastic before I let you go. I always end on this question because I love to share resources and I'm wondering if you will give us just a peek into your life right now. Um, what are you maybe listening to watching, reading, studying that is keeping you connected and growing you in your faith journey right now? Sure. Uh, I just finished reading the the third of three books that are so powerful. I recommend them to everyone. The author is uh, Gregory Boyle, who is a Jesuit priest and founder of Homeboy Industries in L.A. It's a foundation that uh, helps uh, reintegrate uh, gang members. So and of which there are many and they have horrendous stories, horrendous stories. And, and the books are tattoos on the heart 
is one barking to the choir and the whole language. And they're just full of God's unconditional love and this inclusiveness. And, and they're very inspiring, very challenging, and, and actually pretty funny at times too. So they're, they're, I, I strongly encourage those books. And right after that, so my heart was pretty open. This last weekend, I went to a retreat. And the title of the retreat was How Contemplation Can Heal a Violent World. Mm. And um, it was sponsored by Contemplative Outreach, which is another link I'd like you to share. I'll give it to you. Who, uh, for anyone interested in learning about Centering Prayer, it's a great place to go. And I just was so thinking about that. You know, we you can say violence. You can also say anger. You can judgmentalism, hate, fear, all the stuff that's going on in our world, uh, you, more arguments and better discussion doesn't seem to be working. Certainly guns don't work. And it just, uh, I was really moved by the presentations. Thank you for those resources. That's really helpful. I will, I will absolutely link those things in today's show notes, as well as where you can be found. Donna can be found at serenityandhealth.com. Her book is Pilgrimage, A Doctor's Healing Journey, and all of that and other places to find and follow her will be in today's show notes. Anything in particular, Donna, that you would like uh, to let the listeners know where they can find or follow or connect with you? No, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd love it if you'd read my book and sign up for my blog and uh, put my email is dc at serenity and health. I'd love to hear from you and your journey and we all are on our journeys, right? There may be detours and ups and downs, but we're headed. We know where we're headed. That makes life easy. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does make life easier when we are confident in that hope that it, it, there is this eternal promise that is coming, but also there's this invitation uh, to live in an abundance here while we are here in this body. And so I appreciate the work that you're doing and how you've stopped by today to encourage us to, to really think about that. And to, you know, for me, uh, I, I tell you, I will tell you, I, when I was putting these questions together and thinking about our time, I'm like, this is going to push on your stuff, Ange, because this is an area that definitely, <laughs> definitely oh. I have room to grow. So I appreciate yeah. your work around it. Uh, and I, it's a pleasure. We all have room to grow. Yes. <laughs> Don't <laughs> doubt that for a minute. <laughs> so true. And I have grown a lot. I try hard to look back into and, and see um, how much I have grown because I think that's worth celebrating as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And I appreciate your honesty. I think there's a whole lot of people that have done the kind of work you've done and been uh, a medical doctor and that, that level of success and um, and acc accolades maybe, or acclaim in our society. I mean, it's a very respected place in our society. And for you to be able to say, you know what, uh, there were some things I missed along the way that I'm so glad that I have found now. And we all, we're all better for it, Donna. So thank you for your vulnerability and honesty around that. Well, I'm glad to do it. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you friend for listening until next time. Peace. Are you willing to take inventory of your health? Let's hear God call us to be caring for ourselves as we care for others. We don't serve anyone well when we are running on fumes. It's so easy for me to think, I'll just take care of this one more thing, but there comes a time for all of us when we need to say enough. Listen again to this reminder found in 1 Corinthians 6.20, this time from the NIV. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. 
If you haven't yet, take a few moments to listen to the Take It In episode this week where I focus on the word honor. Thank you, Donna, for encouraging us today. Your willingness to look honestly at your life helps us look honestly at ours too. Next week, our Take It In verse will be Isaiah 40, 31 that reminds us that waiting on the Lord renews our strength. And my guest will be popular Australian podcast host, Jay Phantom. Jay will be with us to talk about what it means to be a fighter and rise again when the events of our lives threaten to take us down. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.